Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Jonathan Dyke. It's a real privilege uh, to be able to start a whole new series of messages for this month, like the, uh, the younger guys are doing around prayer and the season of, of really investment. And um, we're in a season of rain. If you kind of here for the first time this morning, uh, then there's something that you just need to know. So it's, it's down to me to let you know, really, is that there are two things that we perceive are happening around the nation and certainly around this region at this time. One is, is that it is raining. Now, if you look out the window, you might be thinking, duh. But I'm not talking about the rain that you can see. I'm talking about the rain that God says he's sending. And that is rain of his presence. That's rain of fresh uh, help from God's power, God's presence, God's strength. That there is a rain coming. And when uh, God promises the latter rain, it increases everything that it touches. When it hits the ground, it changes the ground. When it hits lives, it changes lives in a whole fresh new kind of way. And it's raining. But at the same time, and this might be more relevant to what we can see out the window, is God is saying that it's harvest time. Now, harvest means that it's time for fruitfulness. God wants you to be abundantly fruitful. Do you know that? Uh, whatever level or whatever experience of God you might have today, God wants to increase that experience of God, but also the fruitfulness that comes out of that experience. Uh, God makes some promises, and one of them that he brings through Jesus is, I will increase your fruitfulness from 30 to 60 to 100 fold. What, what does that mean? It means that God wants to multiply you 100 times. How he gives to you, how he blesses you, how he uses you. It's God's heart to see you increase. I think that's pretty cool. So it was interesting this morning when we were praying for you, because prayer for me is a sign of both of these two things together, the rain and the harvest. In a natural world, you don't want rain in harvest. But we're not talking about natural things. We're talking about supernatural things, things that God is doing. And we need the rain for the harvest. You need the rain for your harvest. Uh, and again, uh, as we've been kind of praying today, uh, we were kind of led to look around the room and say, this place is too small for us. Now, that's not said out of a sense of lack or failure. It's not out of a sense of depression or whatever. And you're sitting there thinking, well, there's loads of empty chairs. Well, here's the cha- challenge. It's your job to fill them. So when we were praying this morning, saying this place is too small for us, why? Because God has given us 118,000 people, just 22 millimetres apart, which is the thickness of the double glazed window, to go and reach out to with the reality of who Jesus is. And guess what? You're not going to get all them in this place. So already we're operating out of rain. Uh, there's a story in the Bible many, many years ago where there was three years of drought. Even worse than Australia is having and all kinds of places like that. And one guy heard from God, he went off to pray and said, God, sort this out, sort this out, sort this out. And then he looked out and he could see a, a cloud. What's a cloud? What's a cloud? Is it water? Are you sure? It's vapour. Thank you. It's not water. It is when it hits the ground. But with, with cloud, you've got potential. But it was, just look at your own fist. It was as big as that. And yet, something as big as that 
have the potential to break three years of lack. Something as big as this was going to release something which was going to pour on the land and change it forever. It was this big. How many of you know that sometimes in your life it looks like the world is having a go at you with something this big? How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, maybe your body's telling you, boom, boom, boom. You know, you can have this, you can have that, you can have this. No, no, there, there is something that God does with his hand which is beyond what we do with our hand. And this guy looked out and said, no, there's a storm coming. Now, that, that takes someone seeing something more than just a fist coming at them. Because for most of us, we probably defend ourselves. There's a fist coming, I'm going to duck. But this guy realised this, this was God's intervention. And what he said was, there's a storm coming. I'm going to run. So as church, I don't know what kind of church experience you've had. Uh, it's great, I'm sure. But our, our church, what we believe God is saying to the nation, not just to us, is it's harvest time. There's thousands, multitudes of people that need to know the reality of Jesus. And there's a fist coming. But it's not a fist to come and judge. It's a fist to come and save to set people free, to give them a hope and a future. So we've launching for this month, for the whole of the five Sundays in June, a whole series called Just Do It. Now, I've unashamedly borrowed a little catchphrase from quite a well-known uh, sports organisation. I've nicked it. There's a clue. I've taken it, right? And these messages are we're doing across all of the congregations, all four of them, for the whole of June. Uh, one of them will be a video presentation, probably next week, which is brilliant. You will love it. It's a real friend of ours, a friend of mine, personally, I've known him for a long time, called Pastor Andy Elms, who is the senior leader of Family Church. They have 11 congregations. Uh, one of them actually is in Guildford, where you guys are. Uh, but they are great at really sharing their faith with people in a in a sit-next-to-someone setting. And you will, I've seen it twice. It's only 45, 46 minutes long. And it's really, really helpful, really practical, and really inspiring. And we're going to be showing that out next week. But for today, we're going to start this whole series with just two little bits of the Bible, which I think are going to help us and challenge us. Is that okay? But just do it. So this first session around Just Do It is called... You're part of it. Just turn to the person next to you and say, you are part of it. If there's an empty chair there, then they're still part of it. We just need to bring some people next week or bring some people to Alpha next week. Okay? Because the, the, the paradox around harvest and rain is that we might think we can just sit back and let it happen. In the harvest time that God is talking about, no one can sit back and say, let it happen. God wants to use us to make something happen. All right, Jesus actually said, well, there's, the harvest is ready, but the labourers are few. The labourers are few. So this next five Sundays is going to challenge some of us. It's really challenged me. It's going to help some of us. It's going to equip some of us. So that in a day-to-day -day setting, in the world that you're in, we're going we're gonna to just feel more confident, more able, to just share our faith with someone that maybe hasn't got any at all, or maybe it's misplaced, or maybe it's broken. And we're going to tackle all those things over these next five weeks. And we're going to use this scripture. The whole of the scripture that we're going to use over the five weeks is going to come up. It's from Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 to 6. 
And it's going to come up on the screen. Uh, there's, say, four, four verses here, but we're actually only going to use this one. Um, this, I'll read it all out first, just so we kind of know where we're going to go. This is Paul writing to a bunch of Christians that are looking to reach out and love on people. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, uh, as I should. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders, make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And as we were just putting this message together, uh, there's a whole lot of things in there that God wants to help us with around how do we share our faith with somebody? How do we deal with the fear factor that we can all struggle with, that maybe starts in the head, maybe affects our heart? How do we deal with um, the thought that can sometimes come into our head is what would they think of me if I was to talk to them about being a Christian? Or what would they say if I was to ask them about things like that? Is Is it just me or sometimes can we all have these conversations in our head before we've had them in real time? In other words, we can second guess what other people are going to think, even though most of them don't think that. And that we have to recognise disables or paralyses our effectiveness of just sharing our faith with someone that actually I know Jesus, he's changed my life and he can do the same for you. Do you want to know more about him? So we're going to tackle some of those, but the key, and this first week about your part of it, I think is a key, it's probably one of the most challenging. It's about devote yourself to prayer. That word devote is an interesting word. What it doesn't mean is discipline yourself or be religious about it. It doesn't mean be legalistic about it. It means you give yourself to it. Devote yourself implies that it's nothing anybody else can do. Uh, I cannot devote you to a life of prayer. You may not even know God. You might not even know that Jesus wants to answer the cry of your heart. You might not even know that, even though if you might not be following God so closely today, as soon as you say, Jesus, help me, he's there in a flash. You may not know that in your heart. So the first challenge is devote yourself to prayer. Now, I'm just going to unpack this a little bit. If you want to find out much more about it in much more detail, sign up for Prayer Academy in the short course, because this is one of the key ones. Anything that we do a bit, you do it a bit more. Then if you do it a bit more, it becomes a habit. That's where the word habit comes from. We're all devoted to something. We might be devoted to football. We might be devoted to cleaning the car. We might be devoted to fishing. Hallelujah. We might be devoted to this person or that person. We know what devoted means. But devotion starts by doing something a bit. Then you do it a bit more. Then you do it a bit more and a bit becomes a habit. We might be devoted to just being lazy. Although I'm sure nobody here is. But, but what our heart is the vehicle which expresses what we're devoted to. And the challenge here is we're devoted to praying. 
So that's just, okay, what does that mean? Does it mean, is he saying you need to come to more prayer meetings? No, but that is part of being devoted. Does it mean that we should all be there wandering around the town next Wednesday? No, but that is part of what I'm saying. Because we always find time to do things that we're devoted to. We all do. But what Paul is challenging us is, if we haven't got a heart to see our friends come to a knowledge of Jesus, then what is our heart for? If we don't have a heart to see our workplace colleagues experience God in a real way, then what is our heart for? Because I don't know about you, but before I became a Christian, my heart was set on all kinds of stuff, and none of it was particularly wholesome. But I didn't know it until Jesus gave me a new heart. And I don't just mean, I don't mean physically. I mean, he just recreated a new way of believing or feeling, if you like. So this devotion to prayer, what, what does it kind of mean? It means we give unremitting attention we continue steadfastly, we persevere, and we refuse to give up. That's what devotion means. Uh, parents, you will be devoted to your children. What does that mean? It means that they can do extraordinary things, but you'll never quit on them. It's true, isn't it? So if that isn't true for you, sign up for the parenting course. Did you see what I did then? We're devoted to our spouse if we're married. If you're single and you don't know Jesus, be devoted to Jesus. Uh, somebody told me the other, said something to me the other day. It got me thinking. said, why, why does the church talk about marriage a lot more than singleness? Because we're all born single. The whole of the Bible is about singleness. Come on. Until you give your life to another. And hopefully that's Jesus. And then it's a spouse. Does that make sense? So let, here's a challenge for you then. If you're a single person, devote your life to Christ. Because the Bible says he'll become like your husband. He'll become like your lover. He'll become your provider. So everybody in this room, we can be devoted to someone in a real way. That might upset some of you. Please forgive me. Because <laughs> that wasn't meant to upset you. It's the reality. Be devoted to prayer. What does prayer mean? I think it has two things. It's a dependence on God's ability to do what he says. And B, asking him to do it. Being devoted to prayer is, I'm, I'm totally dependent on God's ability to do what he says, and I'm going to ask him to do it. Because I don't know about you, but... I, maybe I'm not the best person to talk about this first bit. When I gave my life to Jesus, I was so shocked that he could take a wretch like me and make me a new person, I couldn't shut up. To be honest with you, I was telling everybody. It was only through coming to church and spending time with other Christians that that wasn't their experience. What came upon me was, don't tell people you're a Christian. Really? Why would I not do that? Well, maybe I don't want to tell them that I'm a Christian like you are. But I want to tell them I'm a Christian like Christ is. Does that make some sense to you? Yeah. Because actually, before I gave my life to Jesus, it was Christians that put me off. Because I actually looked slightly less happy than the buildings that they met in. <laughs> you should put it that way. But when we're devoted to prayer... See, Andrew, he knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> when we're devoted to prayer, God puts desires in our heart that we never thought of. God puts desires in your heart that you never dreamt of. 
God puts expectation that God can change the people you're looking at. Because I know life is tough. Sometimes we have really, really difficult homes. Maybe our home is not brilliant. But if we're devoted, guess what? Jesus will never let you down. It's not about even being devoted to answers or devoted to a need or being devoted to crisis. Now, I want to be devoted to Jesus' ability to do what he says he can do, and I'm going to ask him to do it. That's what prayer is. So I'm not talking about let's get more devoted to prayer meetings. What I'm talking about is let's just be more prayerful. Let's just be more expectant that Jesus is who he says and he can do what he says right now. That's what I'm talking about. Ooh. Is this, is this making some sense to anybody? Just, just wave at me if you still love me. That's great. If you don't, I still love you anyway. But God puts this desire in our hearts and he puts it in our minds. Why? Because it will change our attitudes. It will change your attitude. I know it's changed mine. I don't know about you, but I, I, used to, I used to really get on with a certain group of people because they were like me or they were the opposite of me. But when you become devoted to prayer, our heart gets too big to be selective. Our heart gets too big just to be prejudiced. Because as we give ourselves to Jesus, he gives his heart to us in a new way. And you can't be prejudiced. You can't be ageist. You can't be genderist either. Because when we're devoted to prayer, we become devoted to people. I'm firmly convinced that when I gave my life to Christ, the same as you did if you've done that, is that Jesus didn't just put me in in a heart, he put hundreds of people in my heart. And as I'm devoted to prayer, it's like, Jesus, please do something. Please do something in my home. Please change my husband. Please change my wife. Please change my teenagers. They're just doing my head in. Jesus, but I'm expecting you to do it, and I'm believing that you will. We become devoted. In the workplace, you know, that guy is doing this and he's doing that. But there's something in my heart that just has a confidence. God, I know you can change their life because I remember how you've changed mine. Somebody said it yesterday or the day before. Somebody did, the last 24 hours. If you can change me, then you can change anybody, is what they said. And I think that's true. So being devoted to prayer, when we get devoted in this way, God changes our hearts. We become a bit more like Jesus in how he was. The Bible calls this the fruit of the Holy Spirit. God gives us the Holy Spirit, the power. I don't know about you, sometimes I, I just reflect, you know, am I a little bit more patient now than I used to be? And then wait for an answer. <laughs> you see what I did then? Am I a bit more kind? Am I a bit more kind now than I used to be? Okay, some of you got it. Have I got a bit more self-control than I used to? It's not about looking at my own life. It's the fruit of a devoted life. Because who we devote our lives to, we become like them. It's true. Scientifically, it's been proven. Spiritually, it's always been true. What we devote our, who we devote ourselves to, we become a little bit more like. The Bible says that we are to rise up like eagles. If we want to rise up with eagles, don't hang around with... with I was going to say something rude. Just watch who you spend your time with. <laughs> I didn't say that. And it can be challenging sometimes. Because I, sometimes I want to spend time with a certain group of people because I just like them. 
But when we're devoted to people, it goes beyond like. Devotion is not conditional. Devotion's a choice. Devotion to prayer is not, well, it worked, I'll do it again. Or it didn't work, I'm going to stop. Devotion is gone, I'm devoted actually to you being the answer. I'm actually devoted to you, Jesus, because you're going to pray through me, not just to me. So actually what I'm saying is, are we devoted to following Jesus? I have no idea. All I know is, is that there's an opportunity to follow him in a fresh way today. What I've experienced in my own life and what I believe all of us can when we're devoted to Jesus is God puts things in our hearts which we didn't think about. The Bible calls these words of wisdom, words of knowledge, stuff that we never learned. But when we're devoted to Jesus as able to do it and wanting to do it, he puts things in the moment, in the moment. And most of you guys that have been out with me or out on the street, I can talk to someone and just because I'm... I'm not just devoted to Jesus, I'm devoted to them. It's I want to see Jesus in them. And I see Jesus in them, whether they know God or not. I just see them. Yeah, Jesus loves them, he died for them, he wants a relationship with them. And in that moment, they're like a Christian to me. Because a Christian is not someone that just goes to church. Some Christians do that, but it doesn't make you a Christian. Christians are not just charity givers. Yes, they can be, but that doesn't make you a Christian. The only way you can make, become a Christian is give your life to Christ and receive his life back. But when you get devoted to prayer, you see everybody with that potential. And that deals with judgment, criticism. It judges without you, what you might know about them and what you may not know about them. It's just you and that potential person right in front of you. That's it. So eye contact is important, posture is important, that you give them your maximum time. In that moment, you're devoted to them. And that can challenge our schedules, our time. It can challenge all kinds of things. But in that time, I've seen hundreds, hundreds of words of knowledge coming out for people that have saved them literally from death. Well, that's for God. Healing comes out. You know that Jesus first was moved in his heart before he was moved with his hands? Time and time and time again, Jesus came to a crowd and he said he was moved with compassion and healed them. Without love, there is no healing. If we think healing is just a spectacular, we've missed devotion. I'm not devoted to healing, I'm devoted to Christ. Christ is a healer. And if you're devoted to him through prayer, healing is going to flow out of you because Jesus will flow out of you. Miracles will flow out of you. Provision will flow out of you. Whoop, whoop. Is this, kind of, is this going anywhere? I'm doing my best. I'm just about to go up a gear, actually, having said that. As we trust in him and as we work in, in what God has given to us, what happens is your mouth, your language gets changed. You don't wake up in the morning. If we, if we develop this devotion to God... Every day is an opportunity to see God do something new. So how you see it determines on how you speak it. But you can change how you see it through what you speak. And I'll explain that because the next part of this, well, let's just look at this one. John 14, verse 12 and 14, this is what Jesus said. I tell you the truth, anyone, say anyone. Oh, here's a quiz for you. Are there any anyones in the room? Put your hand up if you're an anyone. 
That should be pretty much everybody, if you, if you can. What Jesus is saying is, it's not selective. This is not, uh, you've got to be a certain age or a certain color or a certain gender or a certain, this isn't anyone. If anyone, anyone has faith in me, not in me, in him. So Jesus is talking to the anyone's in the world. The anyone's in creation. If anyone believes in the someone, the, the nobody becomes a somebody. Anyone. So anybody here, anybody that you might know in the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years of your life, if any of them, any of them, put their faith in Jesus, he will use them. <laughs> now, I never wrote this. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. So what happens on the inside of you when you're in good company? Do you feel better or do you feel the same or do you feel worse? What happens when you're in bad company? Because it shouldn't make any difference. Come on. When you're in good company, yeah, you might feel at one level happy and joyful and all kinds. But when you're in bad company, if we have a devoted life, it shouldn't make the slightest bit of difference. Because Jesus said, when you give your life to me, I'm with you always. And this can trip us up. Sometimes we think, oh, you know, I'm not doing so well, or, you know, the world is flat, whatever. Come on, we just need to, just, Jesus, just help me right now. Let me refocus on you right now. Because what we become devoted to, we live out of. But it's a litmus test. Good company, yeah, it's great. Want me with my mates? Bad company, or oh, don't want to be. Here. Come on, Th then we're not following our heart; we're following our feelings. Yeah. Ooh. I, I, I spend a lot of time with people now that I never would have done before I was a Christian. Students. <laughs> I used to be one. I, I found it a challenge. People, to be honest with you. I'm not a people person all the time. I'm not. <laughs> that, thanks for that. What I mean, what I'm, yeah, say it a bit louder. What I mean by that is that given the choice, if it was my choice, I'd be sat on the beach. But I'm not devoted to my choice. I'm devoted to his choice for me. Is this making some sense to you? Well, yeah. and again, I've used this one before. When that certain name comes up on your phone, what happens on the inside of you? Do you switch it off? <laughs> Do you just put delete? I, I have no idea. When you see that person walking down the road and you'd want to avoid them on the inside, what do you do? Because if we're devoted to them, we're going to aim for them, not run away from them. Because when we're devoted in prayer, something happens on the inside and it's in that moment that you know that it's real. It's like, this person has wound me up. All I want to do is forgive them. This person has annoyed me. But all I want to do is go and say, hi, oh, how you doing? And not just smash their face in. Oh, I've been there. You've been there. Come on, let's be honest here. <coughs> so there's an antidote, I believe, in the first verse of this scripture. We look back, see if you can put the, that bit up there. Where Paul says, be devoted in prayer, but be watchful and thankful. And I believe this is an antidote. These are two things that will help you and me 
be, be successful, if I can use that word, in being devoted. What we see and how we see what we see, we can change by how thankful we are when we see it. You can look at your bank balance at the end of the month, and some of us are doing that right now, and it's, it's not as good as it was. But I'm devoted to Jesus being my provider, and he hasn't changed. So when I'm looking at it, I'm still thankful. Thank you, Jesus, that you still love me, care for me, and are not going to leave me whatever. When I'm looking out like this morning, to be honest, I was expecting at least 50 visitors here today. And in my heart, they're here. Because they're on the chairs that you're next to. So this message is for next week. And the week after. And the week after. So I'm looking out thinking, oh yeah, in one sense, it's all this work and all this. No, I'm looking out with thankfulness. Because I'm, when, G, when Paul, Paul writes this, be watchful and thankful, it changes how we look at people, how we choose to see people. How we choose to see an empty seat is going to determine what you're devoted to. We've got Alpha starting a week on, on Monday. I want that to be rammed. It's only at Starbucks. Everybody likes Starbucks until they want to do a Christian event there. Nobody wants to go. Now, let's change that. But you, you need to be part of that. Because you don't know anybody that doesn't need to know Jesus. <laughs> we watch for the thankful. Do we see in others sometimes what we know God is dealing with in us? Because sometimes we do. If you want to find out more about that, come sign up for Pastoring in the Truth. Well, I'm getting them all in this time. This is amazing. <laughs> But this is why we're doing these courses. It's to equip you and me for the harvest. You know, my, my passion, my leadership will know this, is certainly within the next six months or nine months, I want to be running all those courses from here. Why? Because there's thousands of people out there that need some help with their parenting. There's thousands of people out there that need some help in their marriage. There's thousands of people out there that just need to know the truth. This attitude of being watchful and thankful keeps our attitudes in check when we realise that we can't fool anybody, especially God. The Bible says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What are you thankful for? It's a question. Maybe sometimes we forget. Maybe sometimes we can't remember the last time. But come on, be, you can be thankful for something, even if it's just for just being here. Come on is we can all be thankful for something. And let's pull these two things together. So be devoted to prayer and be watchful and thankful. Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians. Eagerly desire the greater gifts, and I will show you the most excellent way. And then he talks about love is the most excellent way. If we love people enough, we'll love ourselves a little bit differently. If we love others a little bit more, we'll love ourselves a little bit differently. Because love drives out fear, intimidation, anxiety, the what if, what will they say kind of factor. And how many of you know that the Holy Spirit, the power of God, has got love in it? So at the end, in a few minutes' time, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I, I want to experience, because I believe we can, the reality of Jesus' presence in a real way. I'm not saying that because I think that's a nice thing to do. I'm saying that because Jesus says, if you ask me, I'll, I'll do that. Yes. 
If you call upon me, I'll come. And we're going to do that together in a moment. But as we develop this devoted heart, it will change how we look at life. It will change how we look at the giants that are in the land. It will change how we look at the valleys that are just too deep or the mountains that are just too high. There's a song there. As we look out on life, as we're devoted, it changes literally our language. We talk a lot more about that in the, in the, uh, the last session, around how do we have salt in our language? And how does God do that and how can we do that? When Jesus spoke to his first followers, the disciples, they were far from living the life that Jesus was going to give them. But Jesus looked at all of them with thankfulness. He was devoted to them. He stuck with them. Even though they were twisters, cheats, they were reckless, they were foolish, they were all kinds of extraordinary people, a little bit like you and I may have been, he still looked at them and said, I can make something out of your life. I can, I can use that raw material. I'm going to add in a lot of this, but at the end of it, man, you, you're going to be like me in the world. You're going to be like me. Jesus just made him an offer. Just follow me. He says that a couple of times in the Bible, just follow me. But that came out of someone who was devoted in prayer. He would disappear all night. Why? Because he was praying. He was devoted, not just to the, to the mechanism of prayer, but to his relationship with the Father, his dependence on him, his confidence in him, the expectation that came out of that confidence. So, of course, when people followed him, he was beginning to do that with them. He became devoted to them. They became devoted to one another, ultimately. But then he looked out over their lives and he saw all the stuff, but he also saw beyond the stuff into how they would be, what they would do. And he was thankful. On, most, on the key events in his, in his life on earth, he gave thanks. He didn't just say, oh, you stupid Lord, you brought me here. Would you? He didn't say that. He could have done. I probably would have done. You probably would have done. He said, I'll give thanks. I'll give thanks for the ones that you've sent me. I'll give thanks for what I'm about to do. I'll give thanks for where I'm about to go. That's, man, that's a thankful life. Isn't it? I mean, come on, I don't think any of us, and I don't know where, I don't think any of us are quite going through some of the stuff that he went through, and yet what came out of him when he poked him with a big stick was, I thank God for you. And that, I'll tell you what, the world didn't just poke a stick at him, they put a spear into him, and he still said, forgive him. I mean, come on, that's a life devoted to prayer. And that's a life that is watchful and thankful. It's like, come on, Jesus, you've shown me that example. I want to follow you. I need some help to do that. Because in and of myself, I can't. In fact, sometimes I probably don't want to. But Jesus says, no, you, you asked me, I'll help you. That's why Jesus says, I will send you another helper. The Holy Spirit, the power of God. So what was kind of the conclusion here then? Do we want to follow Jesus? Do we? I mean, I don't know how well you follow Jesus. In one sense, I'm not here to comment on that. What I'm here to say is, as we follow Jesus, he, he wants to change our hearts. What, what are they devoted to? 
What's the priorities? What's those God priorities in our heart? And then how do we respond to God in terms of, God, I know you can do this, and I know you want to do this now. But then also, how do we look at this? How do we look, what's our life outlook? What's our world horizon, if you want to put it that way? And if you want to find out what world horizon is and how the enemy uses that, sign up for freedom in September. Check me out. Because that will help with how we just see life. Do we see life as it's either right or it's wrong? Or do we see life as there's grace in that? Because we'll all be one or the other. Let's all stand up, shall we? There is a lot in there. I've also left a lot out. You will be relieved, pleased, gratified to know, possibly. I have no idea. But each of these weeks, the video is slightly different, but it's more or less it's the same focus and content. But when we're in the room doing the teaching, the preaching, there's going to be two, two elements to each uh, theme, all right? And we will have to respond. In fact, you probably already are. We will all have to respond to both of them. So with this first one, you might be sitting there thinking or standing there thinking now, well, I don't know what I'm devoted to. Well, ask God to show you what you're devoted to. And if it isn't what you think it should be, ask God to reprioritize, maybe refocus a bit, because he loves you. This is not a, it's not a whip message. This is Jesus wants to change our hearts kind of message. And he's really good at that. Maybe you're just looking at stuff and it's just not very nice. Maybe it's a crisis. Maybe it's sickness. I have no idea. But Jesus wants to change how you see it. Not what you're looking at. It doesn't all suddenly become like better roses. Roses got thorns in them for a start. But he just wants to change how you see what you see. Because you'll see it with, okay, Jesus, this is not the end. This is not the last word. This is not terminal. This is temporary. Because I know you can change this. So just close your eyes a moment. Father, I want to thank you that you are bringing us into the harvest field. But Father, I, I don't know about anybody else here, but Lord, I want some help to reprioritize my own attitudes in my heart. Because I want to see your power released in a fresh way. And we can talk the stuff, but the, the kingdom that you give us is not about talk. It's about the power of God. And I don't know about anybody else here, but God, in my heart, I want, I want to see your power in people's lives. The people here, for a start. The people that we love, the people that are in our homes, in our households, in our marriages, in our families. I want to see your power at work in those places. In our places of work, in our journeys, whatever they are, whether we're journeying just with you or with others or whatever, Holy Spirit, I want your help right now. If there's anything distracting me, I'm going to leave it with you. If there's anything that seems to be in the way, I'm going to leave it with you. If there's anything that just seems to be shouting more loudly than you seem to be at the moment, I'm, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm just going to ignore it. But I want a heart that is devoted to you, God. A heart after yours. That when I'm talking with you, which is praying, I'm not talking out of some vain hope, but out of a confidence that you are who you are and you can do what you say you can do.
And I know that when I move more into that, it's going to change how I see everything and it's going to change how I respond to everything. So I want to thank you for a spirit of faith to be released today. Spirit of faith and a spirit of love to be released today. That in these next few days, as we're just kind of thinking about this and maybe listening to it again or whatever, is that you are on the case of changing our hearts, changing our minds, God, changing our attitudes, God, because we live in a lost and broken world. And you've sent us to rescue thousands of people. So, Father, give us the grace this week to reach out to someone, to share the love of God with someone, to bring the hope to someone, to pray for someone, to talk to someone about what being a Christian is. Give us the grace to do that this week, that we would be bold and we'd be confident in you. And Holy Spirit, if you, if you can, just lift, lift up one hand or two hands. Father, Holy Spirit, we just thank you right now that you're pouring out your rain. The rain, it's the rain of your presence, of your enabling, of your grace. It's the rain of who you are. And Lord, we need it to harvest the multitudes that are in the worlds that you've put us in. We need your rain. So fill us up today. Fill us up tonight. And fill us up in the morning. Fill us up tomorrow. Fill us up every day. Your word says that whenever we ask, you will fill us up again. Go on being filled with the Holy Spirit we're exalted to do. And I don't know about anybody else here, but Holy Spirit, I want you to fill my life more than I can carry. So that I'm just chucking the Holy Spirit around every moment of the day so people get something from you. Come on. Anybody else in the room believe in that? Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Give him some glory for changed lives this week. Oh, for healings this week. For miracles this week. Amen, amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.